Hey, welcome to Even More Mashed Up. We are the pop culture podcast that talks about all things pop culture. I'm Alan. And I'm Patrick. And today we're talking about the Black Panther sequel. And so we'll be answering the question, Wakanda forever or Wakanda for never? Oh, I like that. Yeah, that was about yeah. all I could come up with. I was trying to think of what you could do for Wakanda forever, and yeah, I was going in that direction, but for yeah. never didn't strike me. Yeah, yeah. Well, originally I was going to say Wakanda never, but that didn't quite have the same yeah, just to, the same rhythm. Like, yeah. Before we get into our rhythm entirely, yes. Quick programming note. Yes. Uh, you can, if you're really loving this podcast and feeling like you would like to spend some time with it during drive time. Oh, look at that! Fans just yes. piling in at the desk. Which, <laughs> It's the usual experience. Pretty much. Um, so if, if you want to watch it or, or listen during drive time, mm-hmm. cougarradio.net. Yes. On your car radio. 5 p.m. on Wednesdays. That's right. That's right. 5 p.m. Wednesday. That's right. Look out, whoever the drive time guy is locally. Yes. Coming to get you. Yeah, it's like, was it like KRZ or? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, um, can I start with a story? About sure. Wakanda Forever. Okay. So Vicky and I went to see it, not mm-hmm. on opening night like you did, because you're an opening night guy. I am. And Vicky and I are more like a couple days later, early in the morning, avoid the crowd kind of. Yeah. It was let's see, I went opening I went opening night at four thirty in the afternoon, so there was not a huge crowd. There wasn't a big crowd. No. Okay. I, I I thought maybe it would be a different experience if you had a big crowd with you. But so Vicky was sitting to my right. She mm-hmm. always sits on the aisle. Yes. So she can get in and out of mm-hmm. the theater. Smart. Same. And then to my left, a couple of seats over, was a family of four. The youngest kid there was, he's about seven years old. And I would say about an hour or so into the film, he was out of his seat. And he was like dancing and spinning around. Oh, really? Vicky and I looked at each other like, that's cute. Like you know? enjoying it, like he was enjoying himself with the dancing and spinning around? Oh, he was enjoying himself. Not the film. If you're asking about okay. the film, I thought maybe he was. About a half an hour uh-huh. later, when he turns to his mom and he asks in this very demanding voice, is this over yet? Oh, he had it. If it's that, that's an hour and a half in, he's still got another hour. Little did he know. Yeah. Like I just, I wanted to, to take him by the you know hand and just say, dude, yeah, like this. No, like it's, it's, it's so. Then as the final battle reaches its its climax, mm-hmm. you know, like with the ship and all the well, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. He turns to his parents and he says to them, and I quote, "Why are we still here? <laughs> this kid." <laughs> Was not a fan. Yeah, not and feeling, I, not I, feeling Wakanda forever. And huh? after, yeah, after he said, "Why are we still here?" My internal response to him, had he been my kid, was like, "You and me both, kid. <laughs> like, why are we still here?" Which might be revealing too much of my hand. Mm, I feel, I feel like the whole story kind of reveals your hand. We, we've been talking about this movie for a long time. We have been. Marvel has been. They're not making terrible movies, but they've been sort of in doldrums. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Like, the movies have just kind of... They felt like they've been treading water. Yeah. I mean, Phase 4 has been, you know, probably uneven is is probably generous. Yeah, but even the the uneven peaks haven't been all that high. Well, No Way Home, I thought, was quite good. Yeah. I really like... No Way Home was a fun film. Yes, if you love nostalgia. Yes, I do. Then it is. It was entirely made for you. Yeah, it was yeah. a fun film. Very but it, fun. But I'm not sure that it reaches the heights of the best of Marvel. Well, it's no Age of Ultron. You know, like <laughs> if you if you don't want to be serious, we can just <laughs> cut this podcast right now. Uh, no, I mean if we aren't serious, then then we don't have yeah. a show. But 
we've been talking about this as the new tentpole. We've been talking about this as the movie that was going to... This was going to salvage Phase 4. It was going to end on a strong note. And kind of create direction. Between it and She-Hulk, it was going to be a powerful one-two punch at the end of Phase 4. Moving forward. So the kid, he worried me a little bit, Zach, because he was not... He's not a fan. Mm -hmm. Then, later that night, on Saturday, Vicky and I went out to eat with Patrick. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I should, no, I should start. Then on Friday, you came into work after you watched it. Yes. And here's what you said to me. Mm-hmm. Tell me if this is incorrect. I have mixed feelings. Yes. There's a lot I need to sort through. Mm-hmm. Now. That is all very true. When that comes from you. That, yeah, they're still, I, I start still working thinking, my way through. Marvel's got a problem on its hands. Yeah. Like if you're not. Still working through. Super enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs> about the film. So anyway, then we go to dinner Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a grim dinner for the Panther. Well, wait, before before dinner, yeah. there was a series of texts. <laughs> I should say Vicky Vicky's really not a... did not care for this film. Yeah. Like, was, um, I would say, almost actively angered yes. by this film. I'm trying yeah, to she think, was do I have the... Uh, super unhappy. And she's not an angry person. No, no, but she, yeah, she was not a fan of the... Uh, I'm not finding the text, so that's upsetting to me. Well, that's too bad. As you as you keep looking, I'm scrolling. You keep talking. As we sat down to dinner that night, and you and Vicky started sharing like a, a litany of complaints. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say it was a litany. Well, how long does a litany have to be? I don't know. To be a litany, you know, fifteen minutes. Because mm. you guys well exceeded fifteen minutes. No, I don't think that's true. I I, I think you could have filled the podcast. Anyway, we're sitting at CK's. <laughs> we're having this dinner. And I, oh, you ready? I do have it, yes. Okay, so we'll so, come back to the dinner in a minute. What did Vicky have to say about uh, the film? So Remind the first me. text, that was an excruciating film. <laughs> Almost as bad as the kidney stone I just finally got rid of. <laughs> to which your daughter Hope replies, what movie was it? Vicky, Black Panther, two hours and 40 minutes of crap. <laughs> yeah, she, she was... <clears throat> Vicky did not pull punches. Yeah, not a fan and yeah. not pulling punches. But at dinner that night, what I realized was... It's saddening for me to say this, but I've been vindicated. We do live in the post-peak superhero era. If I had to to like identify a time of death, about six fifteen p.m. Saturday night at CK's, mm. it's about where it died. Really? Because you've been yeah. saying it died a while ago. Well, but you had to join me. Did I? For it to really die? Well, because yeah. you always would argue against me, but now I think you're yeah. kind of with me, right? That for a host of reasons that we can talk about today. Mm-hmm. Whatever the Marvel Cinematic Universe has built, mm-hmm. like we're not at the peak anymore, and that it can only be downhill from now. Not that there won't be occasional peaks mm-hmm. on our way down, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, no, I, you know, I think I've said it before. My fears after Endgame, which I do really love Endgame, but my fears after it, between the five-year jump and and obviously characters being written out and things like that, was, but particularly the five-year jump and and maybe focusing on characters like the Eternals, you know, wiping out half of the just even before right. any of that, like between yeah. the five-year jump, wiping out half of the people and then having them come back, like yeah, after that film, I was just like I I feared that film broke the MCU in the sense of I don't know how you go forward from here. And I feel like Phase 4 has confirmed that they're not re- they're, there really isn't a clear sense of how they are moving forward. Right. And, and, and in retrospect, it would have been better to move to another big franchise. Yeah, I, well, I, I feel like they really... Well, I mean, they didn't have them at the time, but I feel right. like somewhere in Phase 4... They should have done, particularly since, you know, the next big thing with King and the multiverse saga isn't kicking off until February of next year, 
with the Ant-Man movie. Yeah. Like, that's a lot Which of time not to not about. have, like, something, particularly in the films. Right. Um, because something Marvel's big. They, they, MCU fans have gotten used to it being, like, every six months, every eight months. Like, something, like, like, like something, something of some substance yeah, like, kind of coming down the pipe. In retrospect, I really feel like Phase 4 should have at least introduced Fantastic Four or right. X-Men, if not both. So Namor talks about being that's a important. mutant. Yes. So is that kind of opening the door? But, like, obviously that's I mean, not... He's, I mean, he's the second one we found because right. he also had Ms. Marvel. But, like, not... not that's not bringing the X-Men no, that's, to the that, table. That's it's establishing... like these nerdy Easter eggs for people. Well, it's establishing like the, that eggs. mutants exist, but, you know, yeah. that's that's not really... Yeah, it, it doesn't do it. And in terms yeah. of establishing that mutants exist, like, when people say they want the X-Men, they want the X-Men. I mean, Ms. Marvel and, and Namor are nice, but... They're not. They want the X-Men. Yeah. So... I think you mean Namor. You would call him what he calls himself, right? Well, except that or he says that. would you that, colonize and then him the, like everybody else in the film the, does? The rest of the film actually calls him Namor. Right, so. just to be clear. Yeah. Well, but, you know, he got that name from the colonizers, so... Because that's what they, they say. He's the, the, the son of Satan, which that was a nice little Easter egg. I don't need any more Easter eggs. And then, yeah, the, the whatever they said, the one without love, yeah. the Namor. Right. He says, then I named my... I called myself Namor. yes. But everybody else, including his own people, call him Namor for the rest. The only time he's called it's, Namor it's so is in that it's, one moment. It is, I, it is. It, it's not a good moment. So are you ready to apologize? Why would I have to apologize? Because you've been berating me for like two and a half years. I've not been berating you. About peak superhero I'm being not, I, I would not say berating. I'd say there's been some berating. No. There's certainly I've been just, some scolding. I don't. That's ridiculous. No. That is ridiculous. It, maybe Zach could go back and listen to our entire back catalog. I, I'm not mm. sure when I first claimed post-peak superhero. I but think it was Iron Man 2. Was it that far? Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. That, that, feels, that feels a little deep. But Zach, if you could just go back and listen to like the last three or four years between now and next week, then we can kind of yeah. we can sort out yeah. how long I've been right. It's, well, whoa, 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 whoa. You haven't been right because we have haven't been. actually been at post-peak superhero Yet. You literally have said that the entire Phase 4 sounds like post-peak superhero. Or do you think peak superhero is doldrums and just kind of treading water and telling stories that aren't going anywhere? No, we don't know that they're not going anywhere. They might go somewhere else. <laughs> Here we go. Here we... You know, I, I, on a day like this, I appreciate your optimism. I'm trying. Like, I'm you trying. still feel like... You uh, still feel yeah, like... I mean, no, I do I do agree that... that I mean, I believe I said previously on... on um, previously on even something more on the show or on the, the podcast we did that that I thought you know that I had you know I had absolute faith in Ryan Coogler and and that, yes, that he, did. he was going to do it he was going to close us out on a strong note and and it was going to sort of shift things into phase 5 on on a positive right and I got to say it didn't really accomplish that now yeah, I will say for critics I give the it film seems as if it did well yeah I'll get to that in a yeah. yeah I I will say I do feel I totally lost my point because you interrupted me. I don't remember what I was going to say now. It'll come back to you. Yeah. In but yes, mean, we do seem oh. to be largely... <laughs> no, no, moving on to the point about... Back. No, it's not. Moving on to the point about the critics. We do yeah. we do seem to be largely out of step in our critique of the film compared to critics and audiences as fun facts will, oh. of course... Because fun facts are always numbers, and I am contractually obligated to appreciate numbers. And yes. I hope that founded more, sounded more authentic this time around. Not much, but slightly. So yes, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. 
It's currently at 84% with all critics. Okay. 74% with top critics. So top critics are more like in step with us, I would say. Yeah. Currently at 95% with verified audiences. These I are, don't even know what a verified audience is. I looked it up. These are viewers that wait, Rotten wait, Tomatoes whoa, whoa. confirms have bought tickets to the movie. <laughs> Not seen the movie, bought tickets to the movie. So as long as you buy a ticket, you can say whatever you want to What's say. What's funny is it's that verified. it's at 86 with all audiences, yeah. which would include the... It's lower with people who have not actually bought a ticket to the film. Well, they might have bought a ticket for the film. They just haven't confirmed that they bought a ticket for the film. So, but yeah, so I mean... So wait, it, what is the number for the, for the fans? Uh, 95 with verified, 86 yeah. with all. Yeah. So e- even those numbers, can, compared to peak Marvel numbers... Mm-hmm. Not that good, right? Well, I mean, the ninety-five with audiences isn't is pretty good. Yeah, but if you, if you went back and you compared it to peak superhero, mm-hmm. I think you would find better numbers, right? I think that's probably comparable with with the the honest. But you got to look at the critic too. The critic numbers are lower. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, so, and then of course, the other barometer we always use. Do we use a different barometer? It's box office. Oh oh oh! I so, thought you, I thought you went back to boxoffice.com for a minute. I did. Box Office Mojo, you mean? You went, you went back to Box Office Mojo? Yeah. They let you in? Uh, yeah, they had. They, did they didn't have, make they you did, pay? They did have. So they it, put up a paywall. So we got a couple. So we got a couple. Well, they were bought out by IMDb and uh, Amazon. Uh, so, so yeah. So it did 180 million domestically. 180 is that good for and a weekend? We'll get to that. And 330 million worldwide in its opening weekend. Is that good? So in terms of domestic, <laughs> yes. Where does that put it in terms of all time opening weekends? Twelfth. Uh, you're very close. I'm getting good at this. It's 13. Oh, I would never guess 13. Right Unlucky behind number. Incredibles 2 and right above Captain America Civil War. It did better than Captain America Civil War. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of MCU films, yes. where does this opening fall? Six. Eight. Okay. Just behind Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Boy, that's a sad place to be. Okay. So it's no, it's so no. when you say it's done moderately well, it's done very it's, well. It's the biggest November opening I think ever. Okay, so it's and done, so it's done. It's done. How so, many Marvel films are there? I've lost count at this point. So twenty something. Twenty something. So it's in the top, like it's squeezing into the top third. If there are twenty four uh, movies, yeah. If there's like twenty four, it might be a little bit more than that, but that's okay. probably close okay. to that. So it did pretty well. There are thirty films. Oh, okay. So it's closer no. to the top four. Kidding? No kidding. <laughs> That is, that is hard to imagine. Yeah. So it's in the top quarter. Yeah. Now, does it have legs? What do the numbers look like since I don't, opening? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I okay. Because that. Right, that would be. We'll find out. I mean, that would be the next place no, to go. There's no real big competition until Avatar comes out. Is that big competition? That trailer. It's just the does next. Not it's the next big film. Me. So right. a lot of people yeah. think it might. And I mean, given the audience reaction, I'm not. I, I think it might have decent. Decent legs. People seem to really like this film. Yeah. For reasons, you know, somewhat. Well, why don't we try to, to ex- explore that? Yes. Because, like, what we might do for the rest of the show is think about, like, what they get right. Yes. And what they get wrong. Yes. Let's start with what they got right. Excellent. Okay. I would start with, I appreciated the film's insistence on remembering and celebrating Chadwick Boseman. Yes. There were several moments. Um, for, to me, the best memorial was actually the opening credits where they usually flip through all the different yeah. images of it heroes was all Chadwick Boseman. and they were all Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther. Yeah. That I thought might have been the most moving part of the whole thing for me. Like I for some yeah. reason 
that really hit me. Yeah, that hit me. I, I I did struggle a bit with the first scene in the film where they actually like the funeral. No, not the funeral. The actual death. Oh, 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 that's right. And I was like, right. oh, I'm like the moment that I was like, oh, I did not need that. Like, I kind of wish we had just opened. You feel like you got kind of piled on a little bit. I was just like, I was like, yeah. oh, I don't, you know, I mean, it's already a lot to deal with in this movie in terms of the loss of Chadwick Boseman, and then actually seeing like the film version of that, I was like, oh. So is that illness part of the canon in some way? Is it like something they're going to build a storyline off of, or is Doubtful. it? It, it? To me, that's a weird choice, unless there's something in his disease. I think the that only will become part. Well, of... Well, I think the only thing it does is it establish that that carries on at least into this film. Is it establishes Shuri trying to recreate the heart shaper herb, right? And I think that's what's that's what's important in that scene that in just, terms of what carries into yeah, I just, the I rest of the that, film. Like that that that's the one thing that that I, I think it did. Find that less interesting. Otherwise, yeah. it, it seemed to be largely a, a kind of homage to how Boswin's death. How about the funeral? <sighs> I struggled with the funeral a little bit. Okay. You know, because as... this is the part where we talk about things that they did right. Yeah, I know, but I. So I'm I asking did, the wrong question. I did struggle. Well, just because there's just the weird moment where they're walking, you know, the 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 casket through the streets. Yeah. And everyone in the family and everyone in the rural court, like they're all very somber and serious. Yeah. And everybody in Wakanda around them is smiling and dancing and and happy and and it was just a weird sort of juxtaposition of. Yeah. Emotions, like it was, I guess it was supposed to be kind of a celebration. As a funeral uh, ought to be. But I, I kind of wish there would be. I feel. I wish there had been some, something in the film to explain that. Because the entire funeral is just visual. Like there's no, I don't think there's any dialogue. Right. Much at all. And I wish there had been something more to explain that. Because yeah. particularly the close-up shots on Ramonda, where she like sees the mural of T'Challa and things like that. Yeah. Like there, it was a weird juxtaposition. The funeral scene was a weird juxtaposition of emotions for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Um, and then there was the montage of Bozeman later. Like where you kind of like, there was a, a brief bit where you kind of like saw him in different scenes. I think Shuri, right? Like, like she. Acted, oh yeah. Oh yeah. There were... You know, and that to me, that was okay. Yeah. Kind of more expected, but, but there was an effort. Mm-hmm. To to commemorate and well, and I think generally and... where the characters were dealing w- with their grief over the loss of T'Challa, you know, all of that I think felt very real and powerful because obviously they were dealing I, with their their I grief over Bozeman. Did not always find that convincing, to mm-hmm. be honest. When we get to things that they didn't do well, I surely I had some some questions okay. about. Like I, yeah, I'm I, yeah, I'm not sure I entirely buy that. Okay. In fact, okay, so here's the thing. I used to be a book review editor for mm-hmm. the Journal of American Ethnic History. And yes. you've read a lot of book reviews. We've both read a lot of book reviews. Mm-hmm. One of the book reviews I really don't like to read mm-hmm. is the book review about the book I would have written. Oh, yeah. Like the guy that writes about, this is what I would have done mm-hmm. and doesn't really engage the actual text. Mm-hmm. I feel as if I'm about to make that mistake, but I'm going to say this anyway. Okay. I feel like this needed to be a film about grief and mourning. Mm. That it needed... It, it, in, if I were making the film, and again, so I'm being that guy, mm-hmm. I would have thought of something like Logan mm. as a model. Because Logan was a superhero film, but it was a superhero film that really kind of probed um, aging, aging. Yeah. and like mortality and death. Mm-hmm. And I think that this movie would have been better served doing that. I, I don't disagree with you that there is kind of the, there, there's mm. that thread of mourning and grief through mm-hmm. it, but it gets so overwhelmed by all the other stuff they kind yeah. of pack into the film, 
that I feel like it didn't get the space it needed. And I think it would have been a fascinating film to watch a royal family mm-hmm. grieve somebody dying much too young mm-hmm. and then trying to put the pieces back together. Yeah. It's like, that's enough for a movie. Yeah, I mean, it's I interesting because, I mean, I've seen a lot of people on on Twitter and whatnot sort of talking about the film. Like, one of the strengths of the film is its sort of engagement with sort of mourning and, and grief. Yeah. I, um, so you, I think, you I think, felt that because I just... I felt it some... Well, but I, you know, I, I, I will... Part of it too is is for a lot of the film, I'm I'm willing to give it a little bit of leeway slash benefit of the doubt because yeah. obviously Coogler is not making the film he originally wanted to make. There's no doubt about like that. There, there's no you know that, that, that and and you know and so you can kind of see there are sort of remnants of the film I think he wanted to make in the Namor Black Panther conflict. Yes. And then, and then, you know, so, so he's got a lot to juggle in this film. I, I that's exactly what my notes say and I think as well. It's, and it's, he's also juggling like Disney politics. Well, that's what I was going and next. What he I don't wants know how to much... say and what the corporation will let yeah. him say. I mean, it's one thing to do Logan at the point where the X Men films were, which they were kind of basically done at that point. And dude, we just watched Eternals. Right, but I'm saying, but Disney, saying like we're pretty, we're but Disney, Disney doesn't think they're done. The right. X Men franchise Fair. at that point, the, the knew people it was that done. were in charge of it, and the money and, and Jackman, like, yeah. Knew, no, yeah, like was, and right. so you could get away, I think, with that. Yeah, I don't know that that within the Disney politics, like you can do, particularly what was supposed to be probably the next big tentpole character after all the the, the original ones right. left. Because you can see the Marvel Universe being literally built around Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, it's the only one that makes sense. 100% makes sense. Yeah. And he's gone. So I totally agree with you. Like, whatever criticisms I now give the film, yeah. I totally understand that, that Kugler was put in this really precarious yeah. position where it would be almost impossible mm-hmm. to make the film I wanted. Yeah. Which would have been a much more introspective film and would have mm-hmm. gotten rid of a lot of the pyrotechnics, which well, I've I, don't, read, yeah, I've I read, don't need. It was a, he's done a couple interviews, and I guess the original plan was that the film was going to be about T'Challa struggling with being gone for five years yeah. during the blip. Like, that was going to be kind of the threat. And, and that they also wanted to bring in more of the version of T'Challa that was in the What If episode where Bozeman was just having just tons of fun with the character. So, you know, would have been very, very different. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, agreed. So it it was very difficult. Um, Another thing that I I like about Black Panther, Mm -hmm. and I liked about this, but I also was a little disappointed by, is Black Panther has always been, in one way or another, kind of an inherently political character. Mm -hmm. No matter how he was handled at Marvel, sometimes really well as a political character, like, you know, like, thinking about priests run on the series Mm -hmm. sometimes you know as drawn by some mid-60s kind of journeyman artists probably bad politics but like black panther has always been kind of politically implicated no Mm -hmm. matter what and you i there were some touches here that i appreciated Mm -hmm. in terms of politics Mm -hmm. but if again it felt like there was so much crammed into this film Mm -hmm. that you don't get enough grief you don't get enough politics you get a lot of lots of stuff Mm -hmm. But it doesn't add up to quite what I would want. Yeah, well, I think, I, you know, I liked some of the, the geopolitical stuff, particularly early in the film, when you've got kind of Wakanda, the West, and then and then ultimately Namor's uh, Talakan. Right. Um, that you've got kind of, the, you know, they did, did some of that stuff early that that was kind of, you know, complicated and, and, and interesting. Right. 
And then I think, you know, it kind of slips into kind of a standard superhero in a way that I think becomes very problematic because in the beginning of the film, you've got both kind of Tawakan and, and Wakanda pitted against the West. Mm-hmm. And then as the film develops, it's Tawakan and Wakanda pitted against each other. And they're not really, they're, they're you know, they're, they're, doing, they're playing the West's game. Like, they're turning right. against each other rather than... Which the West tries to do. Yeah. Like, but yeah, no, I, it, the, the tension between wanting to say something, mm-hmm. I think, and Disney politics again becomes very clear here. Because that, that opening scene at the UN where they talk about perform civility, mm-hmm. I think it's Queen Ramana who's like, well, this is just yeah. performative. Like, you all sit at a table and you act like you're cooperating, mm-hmm. but in reality... The United States is going to kind of head off and do whatever it wants. Yeah, to. My, or in this case, one the of French. my yeah, one of my favorite moments yeah. of the film is when you know the French and the U.S. representatives are talking, and there's a shot of Ramonda where she's sitting there silently yeah. Yeah. with a look on her face that could not have screamed white people in exasperation yeah. more. Like I, I, I'm shocked it yeah. hasn't been memed yet because I'm just like that. It was it just a moment. Can, like, yeah, it can only be a matter of time. But then yeah. I had a I had a scary moment when they parade in the French mercenaries. Mm-hmm. That, like, this clearly means, like, we're going back to Freedom Fries and all that kind of stuff, right? Because the French are such terrible people. Well, no, because it's not... It, we wouldn't go back to Freedom Fries because the French didn't do anything bad to the U.S. Wakanda's not going to have Well, they kind of failed the U.S. Because those mercenaries are really American mercenaries, mm. even if they're French. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, I just, it just reminded me of the bad old days of, like, having to order Freedom Fries and mm. all like that. Um, no. But, yeah, no, I, 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 again, there's a better geopolitical thriller... In this film, yeah, if they had shorn off, I think some of of the the excess storyline, something needed to be shorn. Yeah, there was shorning to be done. So, yeah, but it was not shorn. Yeah. So the idea that Val, who I, I have to say, I oh. still, I still am not really invested in her as a character. No, she's on my what doesn't work list. Okay, <laughs> but when she says like I go to bed every night dreaming about the United States with vibranium, mm. I'm like okay, but that's definitely. Yeah, that's true. But again, it's kind of mentioned in passing, and then the formula asserts itself. Mm. In the end, this felt like a really competently made formula superhero picture to me. Yeah, yeah, with with glimpses of something more that it could have yeah, been. Yeah, right. But the formula ultimately just, to me, extinguishes or like like eclipses what it might. Yeah. Well, want and, I, to and say. I think again, a lot of that I think has to do too with. The loss of Bozeman, because you know, the, for sure, Absol- one, of the, one of the things that struck Absolutely. me at the end, at the end, is you know, they they make the point about how Shuri is becoming too subsumed by violence or vengeance, yeah. right? You know, she has to defeat Namor and and basically says, you know, mm-hmm. that I've become too consumed by violence. And I'm like, I, it's the, it's the Civil War plot for Black Panther. Yeah, we're, and I'm we're, like, we're we're doing this again. Yeah, were you surprised that she came to this conclusion? No, this, the entire movie to me was so telegraphed. Like, when the kid's like, why are we still here? I'm like, well, because we haven't seen the Midnight Angels yet, kid. Like, like, oh, yeah. like wisen up, you know? Like, they showed you the suit. We're not leaving until yeah. you've seen the until suit you... in action, you know? Yeah. Like, I just want to say, grow up, kid. I mean, come on. Like, that's the most naive kind of question you can ask. Why are we still here? Because there's still special effects bu- okay, budget to be Okay, to be fair, spent. the kid like, is like seven and may not have the deep narrative understanding of how superhero <laughs> films work. Like, I can just picture in the theater, like, sit down, kid. You've got at least one mid credit scene. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You've never been to the theater been to a movie? Like, don't you know the MCU? There's what? a formula to this. <laughs> and the kid's like, I'm seven. <laughs> I ran out of popcorn like <laughs> yeah, 40 yeah, minutes like, ago, you know? I'm, I'm seven. <laughs> like, I've only seen movies post-Endgame. 
Oh, what a sad life. <laughs> say, like, that's, yeah, like that's it. I mean, oh. that's 2015. Right. We're not far from from Endgame's 2018-19. So that's so. Speaking of the mid credit scene, it's kind of a final moment where the film tries to do some politics. I think. Yeah. In mm, in T'Challa's son. Yes, Toussaint. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Um. Oh, we probably should have mentioned that at the top of the show. Yeah, there will be spoilers. There could be some spoilers coming. Um, clearly a, a reference to the Haitian Revolution. Yes. But it's such a passing re- reference to the Haitian Revolution. I'm yeah. sure some people w- made the connection. Mm-hmm. But to what end? Yeah, to I mean... To what it's, end it's, except it's... kind of making a... Poli- like, so they kind of start with a political point and yeah. they end with a political point and so much of the in-between... Yeah is unfocused. I really, I like the idea Remember, this of, is the what they did well section. Right. I, well, I like the idea of Wakanda as um, kind of a revolutionary force in the world. Mm. That it's reaching out to other African nations, that um, the Black Panther's kid is being raised mm-hmm. in Haiti, like this really kind of um, foundational part of black history. Yeah. Um, well, it does sort like of I, follow through on yeah. the, the, the end of the first film where, where T'Challa was sort of buying the, the, the buildings in, in L.A. and was supposed to start the outreach, which I wish they had kind of done see, more of in this film. It, yeah, and so I like that they're that they're making these, these kinds of references. Mm-hmm. The other film I wish they would make sometime, and I say this as a Quaker pacifist, mm-hmm. is the film where Wakanda actually builds a better world, not by caving into the West and not by burning it all down. Mm. Like, the, the, and, and in the superhero kind of movies that we get, those are the two options. Yeah. You know, like, you're either complicit or you're a revolutionary. And the Wakandans in the MCU sit at a particular place where they could do something different. Mm-hmm. They could, and it seems like T'Challa wants to choose something yeah. different. I think the, the one community center is inadequate. Yeah. But there, there are hints in this film of a broader outreach. That would be a great movie to watch. Like I would so love, again, as a Quaker pacifist, to watch mm-hmm. a movie where people say, hey, you know what? We can build a better world and we don't have to punch people and blow stuff up to make it happen. Right. Yeah. You say that like, I'm just like saying, it's never going to happen. That seven-year-old kid is going to hate your movie. <laughs> well, everybody's going to hate that <laughs> movie. I, I get it. But I, I wanted either... No, the... I can think of four people that would like that There you movie. go. <laughs> Me, Vicky, Bobby, Hope. That's not right. The four Quakers you can name. <laughs> um, so, well, there's the guy on the oatmeal, too. It's so hard to be a Quaker. I'm just telling you. <laughs> like, it's not easy to be a friend. So those are the two films I would have liked, I would have preferred to have seen. Yeah. But anyway. So other, so, yes, other so things they did right? I liked that it was helmed by a predominantly female cast. I, I think, I'll give it I a was, little... can I say for a moment at the beginning, I was really excited mm-hmm. about the idea about this being a film about empowered women. Mm-hmm. And then it, it again, yet, it, like how many themes have we already raised that are like big <laughs> themes that you might base an entire film around yeah. but when you cram them all into the same box yeah. it, it I thought it lost its punch I, I liked the idea mm-hmm. and the intent I'm not mm. sure that it carried through the entire film so much mm. but you do yeah I'm, I'm, I, again it's something I need, to, I need to see the film again you, I don't think I could watch it again right I now. I could watch it again. I need some time. I could watch it again. I'm hoping it's like, because even when I saw, the first time I saw Endgame, I was like, that's a weird movie. And then I saw it again. I was like, no, actually, I've liked Endgame more every time I see well, it. Well, here's a surprise. I'm cautiously, yeah. I, I, I would like to think that that will happen with Wakanda forever. Like, okay. I will go see it and I will like it even better. Though. Maybe you can talk me into it then. No, but yeah, so I like that. And then this isn't, I, by the way, this isn't the worst Marvel movie ever made. No, no, no. It's, by a it's, long stretch. It's, yeah. But it's, it's not a transcendent Marvel movie. No, no, no. Uh, and then the other thing, I, the other thing that I had on my list 
list of things that I like. Beside, you know, Ramonda Shuri, Okoye, Nakio, Riri, you yeah. know. I mean, really, the only male characters of, of significance are Umbaku, Namor, and to a lesser extent, Ross. Yeah, and Ross is hardly a major yeah. character. I, I, yeah, so I, re- I really, I do like that in this day of, you know, very sort of male-focused, testosterone-filled superhero films that, yeah. that we did get one that is a, a led by a, a overwhelmingly female cast. Yeah, and I could, I, I would watch, a, a third movie I would have preferred to have watched mm-hmm. would just be Nakia. Yeah. Like, just, I think, really interesting, very charismatic on screen, has yeah. a story to tell yeah. that's not... Wakandan based and isn't technological yeah. based, but it's well, very and personal. And she's one that they, and... they've done a nice job of taking what is a, a somewhat problematic character from the comics. Because, you know, she basically was crazy because she's so in love with T'Challa and he rejects her. Um, that she becomes a supervillain. They've they, they've they've that done is a somewhat much, problematic. They've done a much agree. better with but yeah. much better job with Nakia in yeah. in yeah. The, and then the, the 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 last thing that I liked. Yes. Which of course, you know, you will of course know that I liked this, was the Killmonger cameo. Yeah, I liked I liked that. I I don't have any complaints yeah. with it. Yeah. So, so yeah. Again, the... Killmonger was a character I thought was kind of hard done by in the first one. Yeah, well, I would I would argue Namor gets even more Killmonger than Killmonger in this film. I. Yeah, which it, might it, be on my list of things that I was going to say. Are we moving to things that, that well? Didn't work okay, number well? one, I feel like we've already kind of touched on that somewhat in our list of positive things. Well, I'm sure in our positive uh, in our list of things that they didn't do quite as well. Mm-hmm. There'll be good stuff too. Oh, I'm sure that'll sneak in. Oh, I'm entirely yeah, sure because we're balanced like that. We are. All right, what do you got? So, overall, my sense of the film as I was watching it. Yeah is just from, like, a, a standpoint of, of the narrative of the film. Okay. It felt very kind of strung along and plot-hammery in a, in a lot of places. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a literary critic, but I think I know what you mean by plot-hammery. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where things are happening because they have to happen. Right. You know. Right. And it, it, that goes back to my point that it often felt like you knew the film's story. To some extent, but there were also things that just happened. Like the, the one that really yeah. stood out to me was was Ramonda stripping Okoye of her position in the Dora Milaje because there yeah. was nothing. For me, there was nothing prefacing that in the film. Like that just it's a came very out weird of, choice on her part of nowhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, they they had a whole conversation earlier when Okoye and Ramonda were talking about like taking Shuri on the mission. Yeah, didn't seem to be any abnormal tension there. The fact that Ramonda... She let her take her daughter. Yeah. The fact that Ramonda, when she's firing Okoye, brings all the, like, you sided with Killmonger against me and my family. I'm like, well, you're not wrong, but I feel like you might have brought that up before now. Characters do what they need to do. Yeah. Well, because we've established that Okoye is not going to go against tradition as long as she's a Dora Milaje. We see that when she objects to the the one using the knives. She hates the Midnight Angel the costume suit. so yep. much that you know she's going to be wearing it. Oh, 100%. Which means you have to get out of the Dora Milaje. So it's like yeah. you can see, it's like, oh, this is why she has to be fired now yeah. so that she can then take on the Midnight Angel costume. And when you costume. can see the plotting like that, it's a problem. So, yeah, so that yeah. was one. That's fair. Um, uh, oh, yeah, th- those were, oh, and then and then the other one for me was, was with Nakia, who, you know, Ramonda goes to her and says, you know, I need your skills as a spy. And she's like, I haven't done this for six years. Later that day, she finds Talakon. I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. Like, I haven't done this for six years, but I found in a day the one person who knows where I need to go, and now I'm infiltrating Talakon. Like, it just well, it felt like like too much of a, a coincidence. It, it, it felt to me very odd that the Black Panther would have a child 
hmm. not in Wakanda. Well, they explained that. They wanted to keep him away from the politics of everything. I don't think that's how royal families work. Um, it just, But they had to make that choice because he needed to be the mid-credit scene. Yeah. Like, if you start with him... Then the mid credit scene and all the you know the oohs and the ahs yeah. and the emotion. Well, and, and even early on when when Shuri first suggests that she's mad at, at Naki, I'm like, oh Naki, obviously didn't come to the funeral. Yeah, like the, like he was like, oh that's why she's mad. Yeah, and why she wouldn't come to the fu- it, it, it 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 feels a bit contrived. Yeah, at points. Yeah, yeah, maybe because I said this before, there's way too much stuffed into this film. Yes, it's it's trying to accomplish way too much. Mm-hmm. If I could give one bit of advice. To, to the DC, or the, well, DC mm. too, but the MCU mm. folks. We don't need three-hour films. You almost yeah. never need a three-hour film. Yeah. Make a good... Two hours. I, I would say like 100 minutes. Yeah, 100 minutes hour, is a bit thin. Hour 40. Like, mm. in the old days, you could tell a really great story in that amount of time. I think Two hours is good. I think we've we've I gotten used to the film. idea that we can just make whatever we want, mm. and, and that it's it's been damaging to Marvel films. Yeah. They'd be better to tell a story, a really, yeah, focused story than to, to yeah. do what they did here. Well, and 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 because of that, there are also a number of plot holes. Oh, do you want to talk about plot holes in in the film? Yeah, yes. because there, there is a few. The biggest one for me was when Okoye discovers that the the Talakani can't be killed. Like she stabs right. them, and then they all get up. And, and she makes a very clear point of talking about it a couple times in the yep. film, and then it never comes up again. I'm like, that seemed like an important detail. Like, why are they not, why are they not able to be killed? Like, yeah. I don't really understand which, that at all. Which also raises the issue of violence in the film, but maybe we want to do plot holes first, then we yeah, can come we get, to violence we can, next. Yeah, we can get to violence, right, yeah. So what other plot holes do you want to... Um, well, there, so there's that. Um... The Wakandans slash Shuri's plan to confront Namor with one boat in the middle of the Atlantic I'm, Ocean I'm against sure a, sea is, fa- a sea living people. I'm like, you know, it's, 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 it's classic it was, military strategy. Yeah, you bring one Force boat. Force everything onto one boat. Yeah, like that was... Go to the where, you're, where you have no support in your enemy. It's like, you know what it is? It's the French at DNBN Foo. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay, just so you agree. Oh, totally. But yeah, yeah. I was just like, that that's how seems you like lose a, the war in Indochina. Seems my like friend. a really the bad. Yeah, that was a really yeah. bad plan. Yeah, I'm just like like the NBN foo. And I could see it if they wanted to argue. You're really not that. interested in my historical references at all, are no, you? No, because no. because they're not really meant to be a historical reference. They're they're to demonstrate sort of your your oh, knowledge, like when you display your literary crit skills. Okay, whatever, dude. Well, that's that's substantive yeah, that's to the discussion. <laughs> All right, go on. Pot, yeah, see, more potholes. And they, I mean, plot well, holes. And they could explain it because perhaps because it's it, you know it's Shuri's oh, plan. You know what we should call this part of the show potholes. No plot roast. It's like a pot roast, yeah, I got but it. it's a plot roast because yeah, no, you're roasting the plot. Yeah, we got it. Yes, Welcome to even more mashups. Yeah, plot roast. Yeah, that's that's not. I'll let you have that one. I like that one. It's not bad. If had you said that. It's like defund the cannon police. Had you said that, no, we'd still be rolling with it. But I said it, defund so the it can- is immediately no. dismissed. Defund the That's cannon police is terrible. Show. I'll give you plot roast. Plot roast is right. good. I think we should bring plot roast we back should. in the future because you are a big plot roast. Yes. Yeah. So continuing the plot roasting. Yes. Go. So the whole like because they did set up the whole thing right prior to that 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 uh, you know Mbaku tells Shuri you know to be merciful or or you know to don't to go. To don't be, you know, vengeance filled and whatnot. Right. So I could, you could make the point of like, yeah, that's why the plan is so bad is because sure he's not really thinking straight, and she's like, oh, one boat's enough. Yeah, but it's a really big boat. But it's not. But <laughs> so it's not in the film. So, so that dumb. that was that was that. Yeah. 
Um, so, so you're kind of filling a pothole there. Yes. Or a plot hole. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm basting the plot roast. Nice. Um, you're no prizing it. I hear what you're the doing. The fact that Riri just has Stark tech floating around, including what looks like a mini arc reactor. Haven't we seen people going around, like, cleaning up after all the superhero Well, battles? I will say, maybe, because they do have the Armor War series that's coming out. Yeah. Which, in the original plot, was Tony being worried about all of his tech being out there and go- and basically going and getting yeah. it back. okay. So maybe that's a setup for that, but again, that's not in the in the thing. Right. Um... And then the other thing was was at the start of the film, she said she wasn't going to be working on the heart-shaped bird anymore because she thought the Black Panther was a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. And then I guess she just changed her mind. Yes. As she did with Killing Namor, as she did with Vengeance, as she did with Burning the World. I, yeah. I just, I felt as if, I understand that when, when you're grieving, mm-hmm. one of the stages of grief is anger. Mm-hmm. But I felt like the movie relied so much on just the assumption of anger mm. and the way the anger drove her that it never felt developed to me. Well, for me, it's a similar issue, except that for the first half of the film, Shuri's reaction to T'Challa's death was throwing herself into science. Right. And then halfway through the film, it became anger and vengeance. I'm like, wait a minute, when did we make that? That was another thing. I was like, wait a minute, I, I get the whole... You know, she's throwing herself into science, which she always leaned to anyway. She didn't right. believe in, she no longer really believed uh, in kind I of was... the spiritual side of things. And and even though she had sort of a tenuous connection to that to begin with. Right. And then halfway through the film, it's all, she's rage and vengeance. And I'm like, wait a minute. So which, yeah. which reaction is it? Like it shifted halfway through. When, and, they, when they talked about broken people making the best leaders, mm-hmm. number one, I don't think that's necessarily true. Yeah. And in fact, I'm going to argue it's not true mm-hmm. um, that not that you can't be broken and become a good leader, right. but that it like that it makes you a good leader. Yeah, is seems seems questionable. But it really got me hoping that Shuri was gonna stay with the science and the non spiritual mm-hmm. and that Nakia would be the one that inherited the yeah. Black Panther man- mantle. Yeah. I, it, yeah, yeah. But obviously I did not get that no. out of this movie either. Yeah, no, I mean it it, it it's I I think, you know, talking about kind of as you said that there's too much in this film. One of the things, I think because there's so much in the film, I think Shuri's arc in particular gets underdeveloped. And that's a problem. And that's a problem. Because when, she's going to become the Black like she's Panther. Gonna become like the Black, she, yeah, like that. Because like, when she becomes the Black Panther, A, you know, we all know it's coming. It's a foregone conclusion. Right. Uh, it, it didn't have quite the resonance that, that you might have hoped. Right. And if the Black Panther is the tentpole moving forward then maybe this is a movie where you really need to make sure that yeah. Shuri gets the appropriate kind of focus. Yeah. And and, and I just, just too much it, in it. it. Yeah, there was too much that like I think they should have I think they should have carved out the Midnight Angels plot. Um didn't need that at all. I, I would carve out I would carve down the Everett Ross Val stuff. Don't need it. And and use that and, and maybe even the Ironheart stuff. Don't need it. I and, would cut that as well. And use it to actually tell, kind of, so that Shuri's development feels more organic, because it just it, yep. it, it just felt like, like it, it's the, like there's the one mention early on where she's going to burn the world, yeah, and then it's not mentioned until the final act of the film again. I'm like, I can see where you were trying to lay the groundwork, but there just was not enough groundwork laid for that. I would sh- share all of the stuff you just talked about, and I would have a serious conversation about leaving Namor out too, or at least using Namor in a much mm. more... Um, peripheral mm. kind of way because again what I want is the, mo- the movie about grief and mourning mm. and a very introspective film and um, Namor as presented 
doesn't really inspire introspection so much as it does mm. violence. Yeah. Which maybe we could talk about next. Yep. Because yep. that was one of the things that most put Vicky off about the film. Yeah. And it was, in some ways, maybe because it treats Namor and his people like they're not real human beings. Mm. That they're, it's easier to like get all stabby stabby on them. Yeah. But it just, it, it just felt like a particularly violent and a particularly kind of brutal violence mm-hmm. in this film. Yeah, I agree. Like at the end, it looks like like Namor has killed off a large number of Wakandans. Oh well, between the the massive attack on the civilian population of Wakanda, right? right. Um, because you see all these individual moments of rescue, mm-hmm. which you're supposed to feel good about, but yeah. then you're like, well, how many people? Yeah, didn't get rescued in yeah. that. Yeah, there's that, and and then you know, I don't know how many Wakandans were packed onto the boat, but at the end, there's like ten on the top, surrounded by like the entire Atlantean army. Yeah. And then, and I, I, you know, I, I mentioned this in our dinner conversation. There's the scene where the Wakandans are falling off the boat. Yeah. And some of the shots of of the Talakani where they are just stabbing into the ocean. Yeah. At you know what you presume it's are like a feeding are, frenzy. Are, yeah, and yeah. and they've just got this like there was a savagery and like you said a brutality to what they did, which also made the resolution at the end like how you know right. how do you make a treaty with these people? And Namor might be a somewhat introspective person, as presented in the film, but. Namora, yeah, is not no like she is bloodthirsty and, yeah. and just bent on mm-hmm. violence. And then the big warrior, Atuma, I can't remember, Atuma, also like like there's to no... be fair, that's Atuma in the comics, right? But there's nobody else in the population, not that's individualized, yeah, right? That's individualized or at all, except thoughtful. for the one that gets killed, who's the nice one, right? Yeah, right. It just it it just felt like this, like, given the casting mm-hmm. and the presentation and the history mm-hmm. of Namora and his people. It it like it just feels dodgy to me. Well, that, and that, that they feel so inhuman, yeah. and underdeveloped throughout. Well, the film. and and that's some of the issues, sort of of broadening from the violence that's very much a part of Namor and his people's representation. Just kind of yeah. looking at them as a representation of, you know, indigenous American populations, which they clearly are. Which they right? clearly like are they're grounded in that story. Like they but, know the Dagamas and the Balboas and the Cortezes of the world. It's just, it's cold, man. It's just not, it's not cool. I'm just going to let that one slide. All right, you always do. You get plot roast, okay? <laughs> All right, fair enough. No more to gum. But yeah, there, there, there's a couple things that I just find very, you know, I, I and there's been a lot of stuff online sort of celebrating Namor. Right. Um, and kind of there his representation of, of indigenous peoples. in Namor. But there's also, like, number one, you know, they're clearly, we, we mentioned the violence, which is one thing, but mm-hmm. their whole kind of, of... Aesthetic is one based in representing indigenous American populations as as pre-modern and, and primitive. Right. Like, part of me is I'm like, they've had vibranium at least as long, if not longer, than the Wakandans. Mm-hmm. And they aren't near the technological development well, of the Wakandans. Well, they some pretty impressive stuff under the water. Yeah, but it's all still based very much in kind of a, a primitivist... Aesthetic. I, the aesthetic, yeah, I agree with. And so it's, yeah. it's, it's you know, I, like there's a way that they're, they're still very much depicted in. Yeah, and, and part of that. When you go down, you enter like this world of wonder, mm-hmm. kind of like um, it's a small world kind of yeah. well, um, it's, experiencing. It's of very the like Wakanda in the original comics. Uh, yeah, and I think that, actually that's a really great comparison. Yeah, yeah. But there, there's yeah. a lot. And so, so, so there, you know, there's that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the fact that, as I said, you know, 
Namor gets, I'd say, even more killmongered than killmongered in that, you know, on the one hand, yes, he, you know, he, along with Wakanda, they, they sort of share that um, resistance to Western colonialism, Western imperialism. Right. Um, but Namor's response to that is wipe out everyone but us. Like, he's wiping out the colonizers and the colonized. Right. And and he kills Ramonda, and he's like, I'm coming back in a week. Like, he is so clearly vilified right. that it's hard to see him as... For me, it's hard to see him as, you know, well, the, the the sympathetic... Everyone keeps talking about it as an antagonist or as an anti-hero. I'm like, yeah. he's the villain of this piece. Well, in the comics, I mean, Namor has often been the villain. Yes. Right? and Or the at best, an anti-hero. Yeah. And so, like, there is this kind of comic truth to him. I guess, but like speaking of the like, there's a couple of moments where he and his army are depicted as so bloodthirsty, and yet they stop the violence at the weirdest moment. So there's mm-hmm. the moment where Atuma and Okoye are battling on the bridge mm-hmm. outside of, of Boston, and he's killed left and right. Atuma has. Like, oh yeah. Like he kills everybody that comes across him. Mm-hmm. He defeats Okoye, and then he says, "You are not worthy of my blade." And I thought to myself. She's the only one that's been yeah, right, right. Like, played to this point. You know, a whole bunch of other people that right. apparently were less like, worthy than so, her. So the way in which they build up these people as incredibly violent, and then they stop the violence. Well, also, say, when they attack Wakanda, mm-hmm. and Namor literally is standing triumphant over the people. He can enslave them. He can do whatever he wants mm-hmm. to with them to make them do his will. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to come back in a week to see well, what Well, he's literally standing like, outside makes... the window as he's right. killed Ramonda saying, you've yeah. got a week. And I'm like, yeah. Why? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, it, what, it, what are you thinking, man? Like, yeah, yeah it just. And then the final battle scene. Have I said this before? Stop making big set piece final battle scenes. They are so boring. Like, I literally am. Since uh, maybe the first or the second Spider Man film with Tom Holland, mm-hmm. just like I don't, I don't need them anymore. Mm-hmm. I just, I have. Do you not find them boring? Were you excited when the Midnight Angels flew in? Oh, no, no. I, oh, I didn't care about that. No. Were you excited to watch the Black Panther kind of use her claws to kind of, like, scale down the battleship? No, no. They, I did... Fight I, sideways? I did like the Black Panther Namor battle because it felt smaller just between the two of them. Like, I did... Right. I liked when they were on the beach. Though part of me, it does not make sense. I'm like, so Namor's just been dried out by the heaters. They <laughs> land on a beach, like, 10 feet from water. Yeah. And he doesn't immediately go to the water. Just sprint for the water, like, baby. He's like, you know, I'm just going to... And then he fights with her, and then he's like, now I'm going to go for the water. I, I'm like, that seems can like... Can I say, one of the... This was not Aquaman. Like, one of my fears was it would be Aquaman, mm-hmm. just because Aquaman made me think of, like, all, like, fish people storylines yep. as inherently ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that bad. But when they were... When they discovered that the key to defeating Namor was putting him under, like, a tanning lamp... Several. I just... Several right, they, they had a, a tanning lamp on each side. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I just thought, because it, they, they said, do we have the technology to build this kind of thing? And I'm like, have you been to a tanning salon? <laughs> <laughs> These things have been built since like the late 70s. Yes, no. Wakanda can make sonic weapons and <laughs> sonic shields. <laughs> but like a little space heater. But to like, retrofit mm. one of our ships into yeah. a space heater. Oh, I don't know, man. A space that's, heater. That's do, we, do we have the technology? Yeah. To make, I just, oh, man. Again, I mean, it, 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 I mean, you know, when you're fighting a person who's who's entire, the other thing is the very long conversation between Riri and Shuri to get to the boys. Like, hey, we can defeat him if he can't get to water. I'm like, yeah. yes, 
That is like true about all water-based people. <laughs> and fish, it you, turns You out. take yeah, them yeah, out maybe. of the water yes. and they become much easier to defeat. Maybe they don't have your same level of experience with water-based people. I guess. But I guess that's yeah, the Maybe best it's just a, a standard comic book trope that I'm just not used to. that I can kind of like, yeah. So. Fill in. Okay, one more thing on Namor, who mm-hmm. I want to like in a lot of ways. Yes. But the wings on his feet. Oh, my God. Which I've seen people praising that as well. No. Yeah. Oh, people. Come on. Yeah, no. When it first showed up in the trailer, I'm like, oh, they've got flapping wings. And you could hear the wings. You could. You could, yes. And you're just like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no. Because his wings don't flap in the comics. They're just kind of there. Yeah. But yeah, they and they went hard into the flapping ankle wings. It could, like, tiny little wings like that really lift an entire body positioned on the ankle? Well, they're clearly... about the physics They're clearly super strong wings. I guess so. They're tiny though. I get, they are, yeah. No, it, it but does. they're loud. It was, mm-hmm. it was like uh, that shows how mighty Blade they are. Runner two kind it of shows like how mighty the wings are. But yeah, it, it yeah. was. I was really surprised they went that route because I'm like, yeah. that's one of those things that that works on the comics where yes, he has little ankle wings, yeah. but we don't actually show them flapping in the comics. Right. That when so, you translate it into the film, it's like yeah, maybe that's one of the places where the comics, you know, we're able to do something that works better. Yeah. Yeah, so in, like I'm all for indigenous representation. Yes, I just feel like there were moments where Namor was undersold yeah. or done poorly by. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just the just the way, like I said, the way that he, you know, you know, I I don't know that we're gonna see, you know, after the first Black Panther film, there were a ton of Killmonger was right shirts. Right. I don't know that we're gonna see is you know Namor was right, even though yeah. a lot of Namor is right. Though, well, so long as you accept the idea that the only way to right past wrongs is to kill everybody. Well, yes. Well, I, I would I, take issue with killing everybody. I meant of... in a more metaphorical way. Fair. Okay. His representation of yes. indigenous resistance to Western colonialism and imperialism, yes. that's fine. Yes. The way that gets actualized in yes. I'm going to kill everything that's not us. Yes. Because I really would have liked to have seen more solidarity between Wakanda and Talakanda. I think as, it was a real missed opportunity. As, as if you wanted well, to make yeah. a radical film, yeah, that that kind of and and, and I would have you know truly radical. and the fact that it was more Namor manipulating Wakanda yeah. than the U.S. manipulating because that, that's the thing is is you know one of the things I struggled with was just yeah Wakanda and and Talakan are doing exactly what the West wants them to do. They're fighting each other, right? And and Des, I mean Wakanda's in bad shape at the end of this film, right? You know they've lost their third monarch in in or second monarch. They're on their third uh, or fourth if you count if you count his father, right? Um, with with Mbaku, um, you know I you know we never got a really sense of how devastated the Wakandan capital is, right? Uh, but it had to be devastated. But it had to be pretty devastated for yeah. I mean. Um, you know, in the comics, when when Namor did that in the comics, like Wakanda was was destroyed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so you know, I I, I, I that was yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I I you know. Oh. I could see what they were going for with with Namor, and and I appreciate the effort to to have him represent sort of an indigenous peoples in the Americas, and um, right. But I just it again, it's 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 a bit muddled. Right, and just just representation doesn't solve the problem. And and, and I think we should have learned from Super Friends yeah. back in the seventies. Well, and I think also the point is is it gets muddled because he ultimately has to fulfill a particular position within the superhero. Because trope. there's a formula that must be obeyed yeah. in the telling of this story. Yeah, I do realize I, I skipped over. Would this count as a plot roast? I find it completely unbelievable 
that Riri has built this vibranium detecting machine. And mm. I believe that she built it. Out of scraps. Now, right, out of scraps. But now that the United States government has it, they mm -hmm. can't rebuild They can't build another one. Mm. There's only one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I find that suspicious. Oh, and I, on the wings on the feet, one final point, too. Mm -hmm. I am told that you can sell foot pictures to people, so maybe like this is a reference to foot picture sales. You mean like wiki feet? I, I don't know what you call them. I think, well, no, I think that's one of the foot fetish websites, is wiki feet. Well, I'm gonna, I do not know that website, okay. but I, I will trust your... I just, you know, things you pick up on the web. <laughs> your wingy feet. I mean, Namor probably would make a killing. Wait, did on, you just on... say the kind of things you just pick up on the web? I did, possibly, yes. Just things you know. Yeah, when you're as Namor... dialed into things as I am. Yes, the youth culture. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we haven't really talked about Riri and Ironheart. To me, felt so tacked onto the movie. Yeah. I don't know quite what to do with it. Yeah, well, and the other thing that really bothers me is yeah. at the end... When, you know, she's got her car back and then Shuri's like, well, you know, you can't take your armor back with you. She's like, yeah, totally fine. I'm like, okay. So we've completely reset her to exactly where she was at the beginning of this film yeah. so that we can pick up with her in Ironheart. But it's not like the, the way in which that, that you know, you not, know only, not only can she be lifted from this film, but everything that happens in this film is sort of of kind of put into a little pocket and doesn't really need to do any... It doesn't seem like it would necessarily carry on. Would you describe that as a little plot hammery? I don't know if I'd say it's... I mean, it, it, it's... It is. It's like plotting in a circle so that you get her to the starting point for the next one. I yeah, just, it's... It drives it's, me nuts. It's more... I mean, it's plot hammery in the sense that it ultimately... Her entire arc sort of ends up being irrelevant. Um... You know, particularly to two things outside of this film. It's yeah. almost like, you know, we yeah. want to introduce this character, but not in a way that's going to require people to have seen this movie before Ironheart drops on Disney+. Plus. So It's, it's this kind of Easter egg mania. Yeah, it's, it's so yeah, so, it, and you know, I, I don't really have, you know, I thought the actress was fine, the role was fine. Um, you know, I might have liked to have seen more of her and Shuri teaming up as like, as, you know, yeah. science, well, they wouldn't be science bros, like, 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 um, Tony and um, Bruce, yeah. So they'd be. I don't even science know sisters. Oh boy, science sisters. Like I would have liked to have seen more of that. There's a little bit of that, um, but yeah, I mean, she she just ultimately feels kind of tacked into the film. Like we need a scientist to have built a vibranium detector. I'm like, oh, you need a scientist that's connected to Namor and Black Panther. I can think of one. Who's that? Reed Richards. Oh, who probably oh. could have invented a vibranium detector? Like, like again, yeah. Like, just just make it read Richards. Yeah, right. Like it, would, then, it would have made much more sense. And then you've got people excited because Reed Richards is part of the universe. Like yeah. then, like the film does something to get people looking forward. Yeah. And as we said earlier, it doesn't really necessarily do this. Yeah. So would you, would you say this film is um, unfair in the way in which it forces black queer silence? Oh wow. Well, I have a, a oh yeah, well there's a review online. Yeah, know, it says I want to love on Black Panther bravely and openly, but mm -hmm. we can't forget the asterisk. We cannot forget that a significant achievement for Black representation once again came on the back of forced queer Black silence. Hmm. What do they mean by forced queer Black silence? Well. You asked that as if I read the entire review. I okay. kind of did just like you do your numbers. I'm just trying to find <laughs> quotes to push. Well, because I've I've seen complaint. You get the one because you know in, in the comics, 
the Midnight Angels are Anika, who is the one that is the Midnight Angel in the film, mm-hmm. and Io, who's the ones in charge of the Dora Milaje, the one that was in, the one that worked with Bucky in in getting him deprogrammed. Okay. And there's the one moment at the end of the film when you see them kiss and refer to each other as, and and they they are in a relationship in the comics. And I've seen a lot of complaints, not so much on sort of queer black silence, but on Marvel's kind of continued like gesturing at. You I know, queer identity, but well, but, but, but not being within any, right. but doing it in a very like a all of those scenes have been cut for I think Kuwaiti distribution of the film, right? Um, but yeah, so it's, I, I've seen it more of I'm I'm not remembering exactly how phrased, but it's more of kind of Marvel sort of trying to pander to a queer audience without actually giving them anything substantive. Like Marvel wants to pander towards like politically alternative solutions without actually giving yeah. them. Real or meaningful. Because they're kind of, because absent the one little peck on the cheek that they have at the end of the film, they're not together in the film otherwise. There's nothing. So it it is, again, this this very sort of gestural sort of, uh, so I don't, so if by forced queer black silence she means there's none of it in there, or he means there's none of it in there, I'm like, well, no, it's there. It's just there in the same kind of very minimal sanitized unabrasive kind of way that that it's always been marginalized kind of way yeah so yeah so depending but yeah so largely fair in, in that you know it's a moment that i'm like yeah like uh, once again you know queer queer black audiences have to be satisfied with the tiny little dollop they get kind of a hint or um, a, yeah, but nothing but nothing more than that so we're almost out of time the question that i have to ask you is the obvious one mm-hmm. maybe i should have started with mm-hmm. where does this rank for you in your pantheon of Marvel movies. Of Marvel? Uh, Is it better than Age of Ultron? No. I really like Age of Ultron. Oh, that's true. I think, like, when I think of Age of Ultron, I, know I you do. Like yeah, number see, 27 on the list. No, Age of Ultron is, is top 12 movie. for me, probably. So about Black Adam? No. <laughs> no. no. Though it is fun. Bat where I said Black Adam would be. Though, though a lot of people, it is interesting, a lot of people are like, huh. Black Panther made what, in one weekend, what Black Adam made in its entire run so far. So like, Black Adam did not have legs. Black though. Adam did not have did not have legs and did, and did not wow audiences in the way that I think they were hoping. Which well, is probably good because yeah. The Rock was sort of positioning himself as like the next you know guide of the DCEU, and I'm like I'm not sure that's The Rock's. No, I I, I mean I, I like The Rock, no. but I don't know that, that. I love The Rock, but not not in that. So that yeah, it, for me, so, it, you know, it's 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 definitely not down with the worst. I I agree with that. Like it's better but, than it's better than Thor two. It's better than Love is. and Thunder. It's better than Iron Man Two. Yep. Um, you know, it's it's better right now than, for me. I'd better say better than Ant Man. It's maybe comparable to Ant Man. So, and it's, so Ant Man's kind of like as I'm trying to remember your rankings would be kind of mid high middle of the pack. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, again, you know, Ant Man is kind of like it's better than the first Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, but along with the first Doctor Strange, along with Ant Man, it's it's a film that 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 is as you've sort of pointed out, it, it struggles with the ways in which it's being shoehorned into a formula. It's better than in, in Eternals. Yeah, it's better than Shang Chi. Yeah, um, I mean, or or for me, it's about the same. Like it's all very there's there's a very you know dude, the Marvel squishy middle is getting very big. It, yeah. Remember, Phase four has done a lot to expand the the squishy middle. It it's used to be like middle age, right? It like used to be like middle gets bigger, you know, bigger and bigger. There's like the three Marvel yeah. films that are not good. Yeah. And then the rest of them are varying levels of, of good to great. 
And now there's very there, now there's a a squishy middle of like eh, and it's getting it's getting pretty squishy. Maybe on second viewing you'll see it. We'll see as as we'll something see. better. But I, you know, remember in the Halcyon days when we first started doing this podcast, mm-hmm. peak superhero times. Mm-hmm. One of the things we said about Marvel that I think was true that helped to to move things along was. They were creating a lot of superhero films, but they kind of did genre-based mm-hmm. formulas. And I feel the deeper we get into the MCU, there has now become an MCU formula mm-hmm. that swamps, you know, it being a caper picture or mm-hmm. it being a '70s spy picture mm-hmm. or or whatnot. Well, I, yeah, I just feel like I, they, I, some, something's been lost along. Well, the way. I, I would I would add to that. You know, I think since. Since they were uh, became part of Disney, we we've talked about this before that that yeah. the, the the Disney has kind of launched. You know, I think we talked about with Eternals. Yeah. That you know, there's a conservatism that comes with being a a Disney product. That I think Marvel. Can right. I, can I think a lot? I MC, think a lot. The MCU was never radical to begin right, with, but right. it was willing to ask different questions. Yes, and now yeah. it's it it seems to because because there is a good geopolitical thriller in this movie. It gets derailed by the ways in which it has to fit into a kind of safe Disney superhero formula. There's like three or four really good movies in here. Yeah, that all get kind of crammed into the superhero formula. Yeah, and, and, and to I, me that was the ultimate. And that's the problem. It just felt like a like too much jumbled together. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're. I mean, again, you know, it maybe it's too much to expect. You know that from Disney. You know, we're gonna get even even the the pseudo radicalism that we used to get. Yeah, you know, um, though, though, you Fair know, enough, I think, but at least you know, give me a but, better movie then. Yeah, but you know, I, I, you know, I think we're just gonna have to settle ourselves. Like, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of films like this, and not just not in, in all of the Disney franchises. And occasionally, yeah. we're gonna get an Andor. Yeah, Andor is really standing out. Yeah, honestly, in kind of the yeah. context. In I saw a really fun tweet over. that was like, other Star Wars directors, I'm gonna make a movie based on how I play with my action figures. Yeah. Tony Gilroy. Armed revolution is the only response to fascism. And I'm like, yep, that's pretty much. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that on the Twitter. Too. And I'm like, that's a good one. Yeah, which is good because the Twitter obviously not going to be around much longer. Of course, we, <laughs> yeah. no, I don't know what's going on with that. Talk about but taking yeah. one big ship into the middle of the ocean <laughs> yeah. and battling the yeah. fish people. Like, yeah, but that's all. But it, well, no, because it's different. It's taking your one big ship that you yourself have deliberately sabotaged right. into the ocean <laughs> with the with the sea people. Like you're charging people eight bucks to to come on the voyage or whatever. Though I, I have to say, I have really enjoyed the, the fake, the, just the proliferation of fake account. Yeah. That it tanked Eli Lilly's stock and Lockheed yeah. Martin's stock. I'm like, oh yeah. See, is, the younger generation, they've I do got like, some radical in I do, I do like this young, this young, like, yeah, this younger generation is like, yeah, there is we hope. literally cost Eli, or Eli Lilly, yeah. like. There's hope that they might build a better like, world. so much. Yeah. And it's they like might the, even do it with a sense of humor. Yeah. Which, would, like, be, this is, which would be pretty cool. So, but yeah, it's, it's, so yeah, so I, 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 you know. Maybe it's unfair that that given everything this film sort of was working against, and and, and I will give Cooler credit for for probably I agree doing with that. absolutely about as as good as you can, and 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 not yeah. and not being able to make the movie he wanted for circumstances outside right. of his control. Right. Like, but my plea in the future is let's just pick a story and tell it, yeah. and not twelve. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so uh, post peak superhero. Yeah. That seems to be the big takeaway. It does, yeah. So and yeah, so and uh, well, we don't know what we're doing for next week's show. So, oh, we don't. Well, no, because we're going to release this show this week, right. and then we've either got weird for next week, and we're right. not taping a new show next week, or, or 
or we're doing Toy Hall of Fame next weekend. Oh, the Toy Hall of Fame is classic. Oh, yeah. There's going to be things to talk about. Oh, boy. All right. So, <laughs> so um, one way or another. You know what's always good? is a cliffhanger. Yes. Ooh, that's right. It would be like choose your own story, but just dun, a little, dun, dun. We'll choose. What show will we do? 